Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Baby, it's cold outside. And you know that winter weather can leave your skin feeling ashy, crusty, dry. So what's the solution? Quench your thirsty skin and leave it feeling satin smooth with Way Melrose Place Body Cream. It's fast absorbing to nourish your skin when you need it the most, hydration that lasts and prevents dryness, and high quality nourishing ingredients like squalane, coconut oil, kapwaku butter, and jojoba seed oil. Experience the new way Melrose Place Body Cream and Body Cleanser. Your body, your way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and use the code BELIEVE. B-L-E-A-V is in the episode notes to get 15% off your entire purchase. That's 15% off your order at T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with code BELIEVE. Here I go, going down. <laughs> going down. Hey, listeners, and a special hey, hi, hello to all of you patrons out there. Oh, you don't know what a patron is? <laughs> Uh, you don't know what a patron is? Well, it's a it's a listener out there who says, I feel very invested in the Ambin universe. Hell and I yes. want to give $1. $2. Or $3 a month. $4. To, to support the Sci-Fi Side podcast. Well, you can. The link to the Patreon is in the episode notes. So go find that. Click it and join the Patreon. We do a book giveaway every month as well. So for the month of April 2022, we will be giving away nine bar blues. Nine bar blues coming at you. So patrons, we love you. We can't wait to to meet you one day at one of those meet and greets. We will surely do one day out there. And we want to congratulate or shout out or welcome rather Bree and Courtney to the Patreon party. Bree and Courtney. Happy to have you here. Happy to have you as my hype man always been. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right then. Well, let's go ahead and get started with the show. You feeling good today? Fuck yeah, man. Okay. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Sci under the Believe Podcast Network. It really is a podcast about black science fiction and fantasy and staying on the same page of our marriage. Today for episode 75, we'll be watching Son of Ngagi. I think I said that wrong last week. But it's me, so I probably did. Son of Ngagi, um, it's a short film. It's a classic film. It was the very first black science fiction film with a black director whose name is... Uh, uh, was it Richard? So, so all right. Look it up real quick. This is, this is where I fucked up, y'all. You f- it is wait. the first film with an all-black cast, but it was definitely not a black director. <gasps> Benjamin... Richard Kahn is not a black director? No, he is not, but he mostly directed all black Ooh, casts. That so is... So I have you, broken my own you rule. Told, you told me you were like, I had a I, small mistake. So, yeah. So, okay. I first heard of this book uh, by mm, um, Robin... Oh, my watch is going on. By Robin Means Coleman mm. and uh, called Har Noir. He's holding it up for the camera. I'm holding it up for the camera. This is a must-have book in like any bookshelf. It is really incredible. It's a very accessible read. It's academic, but it's easy to understand. So it's not like too heady, and it's amazing. So I um, first heard of this here, and I remember us me wanting to cover this film a while back, and I think, I don't know. 
I remember being like, oh, we can't cover, cover it because it is a white director. And then I forgot that it was a white director. And I wanted to cover it because I was I was just thinking of like short classic films that mm-hmm. we could, because we're, you're, you're busy, you know, and I'm busy, you're mm-hmm. pregnant. I'm mm. working with your pregnancy. Correct. And so I wanted to try <laughs> something different. Uh, but it is important. It's an important film for black horror. She makes a really good case how important it is in this book. Uh, and it's an all-black cast. So fucked up there anyway. So you should apologize to camera one, camera two, to me, sorry, to your future sorry. child. But, you know, sometimes it's okay to break rules sometimes. Ooh, white supremacy is a hell of a drug. Yeah. So you're you're saying I I broke the one rule of the podcast, but it's okay to break rules sometimes. Yeah, you're you're standing by that confidently. I mean, Son of Ngagi is so important because it's an all black cast. Yes, and it was made in the 1940s. So we when we looked up these directors, we didn't have pictures to verify <laughs> their race. Um, but Ben fucked it up. But you know what? We watched it. And we're going to own our mistake and just, um, you know, it's funny because right before this podcast, you were like, just trust me to make the outline. Just trust me to pick the content. I was like, well, I just brought one really great uh, black short film with a black director to the forefront. Like, and you were like, you asked me to do it and I'm going to do it right. And then womp womp. It's okay, though. What Are you just not going to? participate now because you effed up no i mean you still should trust me i should trust you You should still trust me because ultimately mistakes show that i'm human Mm -hmm. and i recognize mistake but i'm moving on and and we are going to discuss this film all right how was your weekend uh it it was it got better as the weekend went on and then it got worse when it ended because every weekend is bad when it ends How, we say went, more uh well we went to the art institute which was amazing it was i'm that's why i'm like trying to decide like when it got worse and better and stuff it got worse when i came home and we decided to not like forego doing the podcast and do it like on a monday morning which know? is what we're doing now yeah and that was like that just hangs over you like i realized like any like podcasting stuff we should probably do saturday morning first thing then it's not haunting us throughout the rest of the week you feel haunted by our podcast i don't feel haunted i just know that i have to set up everything um we were sort of arguing because we wanted to create like a permanent like workspace in this room Mm. in our in our home and we don't really we have the space but amber uh, has this idea that you shouldn't do work in your own bedroom. So I want to put it like a workspace, a table in our bedroom where we sleep. And Amber's like, no, I don't want that. So sound off uh, listeners in the comments, like, is it okay to work in your own bedroom? Like to set up a table in your own bedroom. I just want us to be able to, so we've been doing this whole declutter thing, right? We are. I want some spaces in our, the, the problem is, is that we don't have a lot of space. especially with the baby coming so I want this room to be her room I want our bedroom to be like our sacred space to be together which is why we got the tv out of there and things like that and so I'm somebody who has a really hard time stopping my workflow 
So if you put a desk in that bedroom, I'm just going to work all night. So I kind of want that space to be like a force field where no work enters. But but you're like, but where is it going to go? Like, I I hear that argument as well. But you don't do that anyway. Like, I'm constantly, when I try to get in bed before you, I'm constantly like rolling over cameras, rolling over computers. I know. Cameras, computers, cords, notebooks in the bed. And it feels I like, know, but the inconvenience it's like of a that treasure chest. The inconvenience of you rolling over onto a camera reminds me like, why am I doing work in bed? Whereas if there was a whole desk in there You ask your question why you're doing work in bed, but you answer it and then you continue working in bed. How many people work in bed? Sound off in the comments, people. Do you work in bed? Well, people I would also say that I, I say answer that question if you work from home. Because it's super easy for you to accuse me of like being in your workspace, being in your workflow when you have a full ass job you get to go to. I'm sorry. What so is when you work workflow? from home, workflow. What is workflow? I, it's just I've like never heard the that term. the pay like what, the work that you have to do during the day. Just is that like, like a content creator term. No, it's like just workflow. Work like. You know your work, your workflow. It's like I've never, I've never heard that. Well, it's a thing. It's oh, like okay. how you pace your work and how you like are productive and what by what means. And uh, so you have Ugh. you have a whole ass building that you can go to to get work done. Yeah. And then when you leave that place, you can leave the work there, which you do. And so I, I don't papers at home. She's taking a sip of her coffee. Yep. I do. I grade papers at home. One a week. One literal paper at this time. One literal paper a week. I personally have never seen you grade a paper here in in our home, but that doesn't mean it doesn't happen. They're all on the computer. I like once again, I personally have not seen you grade a paper at home, but that's fine. I just I wish I had a little home studio office or something because you're right. You do roll over, roll over onto cameras, and I, I wish I just, like, between our room and this baby's room coming and our living room and kitchen, I, I don't know where I'm going to, like, put all this stuff. I have I have an idea, right, is that if you put a desk inside the bedroom, and then, then you just there. put stuff on the desk, and then it's no longer in the bed. I would rather, I would rather you have, like, a technological workspace in the bedroom, right? I think that would make a little bit more sense think about it you don't have you don't have to do it. i i think this is a moot point with this baby coming in a month i, th- I think we're gonna have to circle back yeah because everything's gonna change and then i'm gonna be sitting on cameras trying to nurse a child and i'm gonna be like why is this desk in here speaking of uh babies um we went to the art institute yesterday and i amber got me a membership to the art institute it, this whole year has been really interesting but i use i had an art uh an art institute membership in chicago which is one of the most beautiful um museums it's incredible everyone should go and i had a student membership for a a good a good long time uh and um this is me waiting on the the baby uh, yeah the baby the baby connections Mm -hmm. and so we really haven't been going and so we went yesterday it was fantastic but i saw this wonderful piece of art i think it was called charity and it, it, there's this woman, she, you got one baby sucking on her on her breast and another baby sort of reaching up to her. And then 
uh, the charity, the mother's uh, tucking in another baby. So she's got three babies, triplets. And it's supposed to be an allegory of uh, charity, of how people, you know, charity is this idea of helping everyone and giving. But right next to it, and I've seen this piece, uh, I don't know, a hundred times. You know, I've been going to the Who's Art Institute. I don't even remember. It's one of those Italian, it's like the Italian section on the second floor. Mm, we'll uh, look it up. Uh, and I just noticed that there is a pelican next to the the woman nursing. And the pelican is like plucking her breast and feeding the pelican babies next to her, her blood. And I thought that was such a disturbing image <laughs> of um, a mother's sacrifice um, of a mother's sacrifice, which is so unhealthy. You know, like mothers shouldn't sacrifice anything, anything. Wow, you can tell we don't have the child yet. Yeah, yeah, they shouldn't, <laughs> or it should be like a because some sacrifices will have to be made. Anyway, it's it's a beautiful piece. Uh, I and it's yeah, everyone should go check it out. But and we mostly got along this weekend. Hot diggity, right? We did, yeah. I, I can't remember any like we, peak we ha- arguments this weekend. We no. went to the candy store. Well, that's because you kept sugar in my tank. Oh yeah, so I have this whole thing. Right, the candy store is at Amber. I mean, I, I want to check in with you because Amber was uh, late at night. She wanted like a Sonic thing. She wanted. I just a, wanted like a quick slushy and go slushy. home. Slushy, and I don't. I didn't want to support Sonic. I didn't want to like if if I'm not doing an ad for a company, I'd rather shop locally. Yes, but will you at least admit that? I, and I, as do I, but I think nobody wants to just like give into this wheel of capitalism. Sometimes it literally just comes down to convenience. So will you? Like that one time I just wanted a milkshake and we live right across the street from a McDonald's and we drove like 30, legitimately 30 minutes out of the way for Ben to support a local business. And by the time we got down there, they were closed and blah, blah, blah. And so it's just like, like, I I get that you're trying to make these, what is it? There's like no ethical consumption in capitalism. Like Ben, you try really hard to make these like really great ethical decisions but in our journey to try to get that milkshake that night like we didn't even get it because we went to like three local places and they were were all closed closed. and mcdonald's is like we're open girl just come on in like so but this time there was a local place that was open it was out of the way from the sonic but i still let you take me there yeah and it was it turned out to be a better experience oh much better yes yeah it's like this old retro candy store called Lickety Split, and they do these things called frozen custard. Yeah. It's really amazing. It was and worth it that it time. Was, it was a good fucking time. That's because I was having a craving at like a reasonable time. But can you sometimes admit like it, it's convenience? I, I don't want to like actively just wake up and be a bad person. It, it comes down to just the, the convenience. It's like that's right yeah. across the street. Like I, I never think you ever wake up. And want to be a bad person. I think I you think, think you that do. about me. Never. I think you think I, yeah. No, absolutely. I just think you you sometimes lack vision. Oh, I lack and, vision. And oh. ethics, which is fine. I'd rather you just think I was a bad person than, than lacking vision. And ethics, which I guess that's what a bad person does. Yeah. La- lacks. No, you, you're just unaware sometimes. Oh, it's getting even better. Well, let's go to somebody who actually likes us. Uh, you want to read that Apple Podcast rating? Yeah. I hope you choke. The title, the title of it is so, so good. 
<laughs> this show? <laughs> this is from uh, Del Marche via Apple Podcasts. Period. Uh, just now started listening. I'm already enjoying enjoying it so much. Ben and Amber are so undeniably charming and witty, and the hour literally flies by in a blink because you get so enamored by them. Mm. I love their dynamic, and I'm rooting for them in everything. Heart emoji love. That is really kind. I love that the listeners reground us because we we think we ain't shit sometimes, you know. Well, I know I'm the shit, but yeah. you but you know. I know I've, you're I've the tethered shit. myself to you for the for the lifetime for this lifetime. Yeah, you've te- you've tethered, but you've also tethered to other people. Like we we've hung out um, with friends this weekend, and so you're not like. We did. You're not like, you know. But you you, you came with me, though. I did, You yeah. were still tethered to me. That's fine, but sometimes you <laughs> hang out with people without me. It's fine. I don't, I'm not, yeah. If, if, you, if you don't like me, you can just leave. I'm not going to do you're that. You're not tethered. I would have to figure out my healthcare situation. Yeah, you would. <laughs> Which, by the way, Candace, uh, thank you for sending me that insurance lady for private insurance. Oh, this is a you. friend of ours. I was like, yeah. Candace? Yeah, thank you. You know Candace. that name is so triggering. <laughs> I was like, Candace Owens? What? Oh, okay. On no, this no, no, show? No. Just just one of our friends. I was looking at different insurance options, which is so riveting, and I'm not going to talk about it now. <laughs> um, but Time for in all seriousness, oh. wait, just... This is see. I told you, you don't be listening to me. I'm sorry. In all seriousness, um, there's no one else I'd rather be tethered to. To be honest, uh, I, I forgot what I was gonna I call say. Bullshit. <laughs> no, I mean, maybe like Beyonce or somebody. Uh, but I, I love being tethered to you. I choose to be tethered to you. And um, even though this is a podcast about black science fiction and fantasy, and Ben chose literally a white director today. Uh, we want to thank y'all for your Apple Podcast ratings. And if you submit an Apple Podcast rating on Apple Podcasts, we will read them on the show. The good, please, the bad, the ugly. Please send them. I need to feel good about myself. <laughs> I don't make you feel good about yourself. It's it's a mixed bag with you. A mixed bag. A mixed bag. What's, what's in the bag? Uh, sometimes it's like you didn't get... You didn't wash the dishes all the way through. Or You've like, been washing dishes. Though. I know, but like, well, the dishwasher. If, if I don't do them correctly, you get upset. Like, there's, you see this. Like sometimes you've gotten a lot best better, but early when I tried to do the dishes, Amber would like literally come to me and like hold a glass up into the light and show me like how I did it wrong, which is a huge motivation to keep washing <laughs> dishes. Like, hey, if you want somebody to do something, let's just show uh... them how wrong they do it. All star you know, teacher, it's like watching right here, your child Amber. like say like I want to put my clothes on myself. It's like okay, and then they put on like Crocs to go out in the snow, and you're like, okay, well, should I just let this happen? Yes, you should. So, so if our child is like, because I'm, I'm only saying that because I'm looking outside right now. Um, for the we, we live in Chicago, if you didn't know, and it is snowing something wicked outside. And so, let's say Wild wakes up and is like, we're gonna go on a family walk to walk the dog. And I'd, I I want to wear flip flops out there. You're just gonna let her wear those? Hell yeah, fucking. Learn. And potentially cry and get frostbite, we, and potentially like step learn. on ice. That's how you learn. So you. What would, if she cut her foot on some I ice? I mean, obviously, obviously, you do it in a safer kind of way, but mm. you prepare yourself to walk down, have her go outside for like 
a minute and be prepared to walk straight back up with the dog. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but in this analogy, it's you. So you don't walk out for a minute and go straight back outside. You walk outside in these crocs for I, the better part of an hour I, or I two. Don't, I don't, yes. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm talking about like the, the dish dishes. analogy you just gave. I was like, okay, I'm watching him do something incorrectly. Should I just let this be done incorrectly and let all these dishes be dirty and then we're eating no. on dirty dishes? No, 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 no. Or should I say no, no. like, ah, let me just pop in no, now? No, because I, I will eventually notice it. You have to trust that I will notice it and fix it myself. But I can't like help you notice it. Yeah, you can. You can see, see the dirty dish, just put it back in the sink. And you'll be like, no, it's, not, it's clean to me. No, I would not. Yes, you would. I literally just did dishes this morning and I saw two dishes that weren't cleaned correctly. I put them back in the sink. And that's probably because I once held them up into the light. No, that's not true. So I've I've done nothing to support your journey. That's a huge demotivation. That's not what I said. Have I done anything to help you with your journey? Yeah, you got pregnant. Which now forces my hand to work and clean. (laughs) I got pregnant. Keep, all on my own keep getting pregnant, immaculate Amber. conception keep okay. getting pregnant and that will help me become a getting part, pregnant forced your partner. hand you sound like a dick it's like well my wife got pregnant so now i have to help out around the house that's what i you was just helping said. out before you were helping out well what? The, the thing is you're sort of a control freak and you've I, admit admittedly a control freak like you, you like you're not a control freak that you're not a freak about it. But, I mean, you're freaky, but not in that way, in, in a good way. But you, <laughs> if something is not done right, you would rather not teach someone how to do it correctly, especially if they're an adult, and you would rather just do it yourself to save yourself time. And so now you are unable to do certain things by yourself. So mm-hmm. you must either, one, let it slide, two, teach me, or three, trust me. Mm, those are horrible options <laughs> and you're somebody who doesn't care either way you're you're so like i'm a control freak and ben is someone who's like those dishes can sit for weeks i don't care not anymore yeah i'm trying to no, i don't think i can I, at a point in my life yes actually it was so bad one and time. that point was two weeks ago i was not doing my dishes i had a roommate a yeah tell it like mean, it is tell it like it roommate, is and i had a roommate literally take my dishes i don't think i think most of them were mine but some i think a couple of them were not and put the dishes in front of my room mm. literally in a pile of them. this person was so mean um looking back were they mean or were they just fed up and they, not and not both. being fucked by you so they both. didn't have to be nice about it both. both or maybe they were being fucked by you i don't know they were not sometimes roommates they, be they fucking. were not they were not uh they I were mean, not having I, sex with you absolutely not uh, and I think this person was just fed up. Yeah. It, it probably justifiably so. So I haven't done anything that mean. I've just been like, hey, let's let's go I mean, over how you, to. You have, you have, but you I've laid done all that. of the dishes no, no, in front of your that, door. But you've done something comparably mean, like showing you but, but the you, smudges and the. But light. you you have been um, like willing to admit that you were wrong. This person like n- no apology, I and just consistently mean. Let me ask so. you a question before we go on a quick break. When that person put those, ne- I, I am I am admitting that that is not cool. Okay, and I'm admitting that that probably demotivated you. 
when that person, that old mean, well, we'll air quote mean, because we don't have that their side of the story, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When that person put those dirty dishes that you consume, that you have been letting sit for weeks, when they put those in front of your door, what was your course of action after? Did you say like, damn, I need to like step it up and clean my shit? Like, I, this is a, a, a... Oh, absolutely not. I was like, because this... Here's the thing. I I think there are lots of different kinds of people in the world, world, and I know that I don't necessarily do things to be cruel or to be vindictive or to be mean. Right. This person in, did things to be intentionally cruel, vindictive, and mean. Yeah. Because, and if you consider it what we call like the precedent behavior, my press my precedent behavior that caused that was like unaware yeah. or maybe it's like you ignorant. shot first in their head. Cause that's yeah, how I'd be or feeling like, too. Or yeah. Or like, but the things I would do, I, I didn't intentionally do it to like be like an asshole to be cruel. And this person's right. re- response was like, I want to hurt Ben. Like, right. I want to make Ben feel stupid or ignorant or, um, but I'm telling you in the moment, because I've been in that person's shoes, it's like, well, I accidentally shot you. It's like, yeah, but you still shot me. Yeah. Like that's what it feels uh, yeah, like. Exactly. And I think there's a whole conversation around like, what is the more who's who who's ultimately in the wrong or what blame is to be shared or or how do you reconcile that when someone does something unintentionally is willing to admit that they did something wrong? Uh, and then how do you move forward from that? Or yeah, maybe, how did you move forward from that like very malicious act? Uh, I think I, I washed the dishes and I So I it was probably, effective. I okay. probably said I, I probably said I was sorry, but I also felt awful and terrible and didn't like yeah. coming out of my room. Yeah. That's in, shitty. In, in that space. Uh which is like a a consequence of people being intentionally cruel or mean, right? Like right. You, don't, you don't want to be around them. Um, and, and especially if you're having a living space, that's no way to live. Right. But that was that person's intent. They didn't want me coming out of my room. Yeah. Right. Like they didn't want me to be in that space. They didn't want me around. They didn't want me as a roommate. And that's where I think you're like, okay, now, now you're just, in, you're a intentionally terrible human. You're like, you're trying to be cruel and vindictive. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. I'm not, t- you know, cause this is what you do with me. Did they at any point try to have a conversation with you about washing your own things? Did they try to say like, hey, we all contribute to this space? And then did you then ignore those, please? Uh, possibly. I don't remember. Uh, um, but this uh, person's like, this person's like presentation and personality was like, if they did not like you, they were going to treat you terribly. Yeah. And like yeah. bully you. Yeah. Yeah. And like the person came from like a, anyway, I don't want to talk too much, right. but, but they came from like a, pretty a wealthier family than i did and just had more resources and probably better training and like um on how to like to care for a home and so i think that also had to play with it as well yeah um there was a lot going on i'm just super glad that my living situation is nothing like that now shut up <laughs> just kidding let's go on a break <sighs> love you let's take a break Before we continue with the show, I wanted to talk a little bit about Noom. Noom uses the latest in behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health for good. Through a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching on their platform to help millions of users meet their personal health and wellness goals. A lot of people face pressures to change themselves, to fit other people's expectations, and the more freeing solution is to find things that work for you. Noom understands that everyone's weight loss journey is unique, and what works for someone else doesn't mean it'll work for you. 
That's why Noom's approach adapts to your lifestyle. It's flexible and it focuses on progress, not perfection. Allowing you to work toward your goals at a pace that's comfortable for you. Noom Weight makes it easy to start your weight loss journey and stay on track with personalized lessons that help you gain confidence and practical knowledge, one-on-one coaching, and a cognitive behavioral approach that teaches you how to be mindful of your habits. 75% of Noom weight users finished the program and more than 60% of users that engaged with the program kept the weight off for a year or more. So start building better habits for healthier long-term results. Sign up for your trial at Noom.com slash believe. Again, that's Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash believe. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Check them out at betterhelp.com slash sci-fi. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Why invest in everything else and not your mind? This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. And the Sci-Fi Side Podcast listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Sci-Fi. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash Sci-Fi. All right, we are back. Uh, ben, I promise you that, you know, if you forget to change a diaper or something, I will not place wild outside of your bedroom door and... And make you that's stay. That's very there. funny. It's very funny. <laughs> okay, maybe I should do that. But yeah, that's mean. And I, I, I try not to be mean to you because I actually like you a little bit. Just a Good. little bit. All right, why don't you talk to these people about this uh, movie directed by <clears throat> white men? Yeah, so there is a couple. A, uh, it starts off with a, a marriage, a black wedding. Yep. And it's uh, filled with joy and happiness. And there is a Dr. Jackson, a, a black woman doctor. Uh, who also shows up to the wedding, and uh, oh, was she black? Yeah, she's black. She's oh, a black I thought woman. She was white. No, she's a black woman. Okay. Yep, she's a black woman, and she decides um, to give uh, you know her will over her house. She has this big house to this uh, family, this new this new couple who uh, whose husband sort of just lost his job, and we discover that Doctor Jackson. Uh, for the the bride in this case, Doctor Jackson loved the bride's father, and uh, and so they um, he might have been the one that got away, the one that got away. Uh, lo and behold, we find out that she, even though she's willed over this house, unbeknownst to everyone in this town, she has an ngagi, which is like this half man, half ape uh, creature mm-hmm. living in her basement that she took back from Africa when she was a missionary. And um, she, I guess, is you, she has like a lab underneath there and she's created this serum that supposedly will solve all the world's problems. The Inag, the Ngagi eat, drinks a serum and it cr- makes him go, um, b- uh, you know, ballistic and he ends up yeah. killing Dr. Jackson. Yeah, he's no longer subservient, if Yeah, you subservient. Will. And... Uh, and so then um, it goes off from there. And then so the family, this young couple, they live in this house. But unbeknownst to them, there's a, a half man, half a beast living in the basement. I, it's almost comparable to um, Parasite. Mm, okay. Remember Parasite where... Uh, 
I loved Parasite. I'm just trying yeah, to think like, about the connection that you're making. There's a man living in the basement, unbeknownst to the people who own the right. house, right? Correct. And sort of it follows from there. And there's a detective because people keep up showing up dead at this house who's trying to figure out why are people dying in this house? Yeah. And that's sort of the, the, the film. It's very short. It's an hour long. Um, it's important for lots of different reasons. And so like the, the question that we were going to think about is like, how is this film revolutionary? Right. Uh, so for you, like what sort of struck you about this film? Um, or- even though it was based in the forties, it, it actually paced pretty well, except for like near the end. Um, uh, I, it was refreshing to see, uh, the movie start and mostly thread black joy throughout it. I'm, I'm, I get that this monster is like terrorizing people, but like we're starting with this black wedding and then there's like a, a, a reception and there we're talking about black people that have great jobs and the the detective is black. So mm-hmm. the lawyer the, is black. The yeah. lawyer is black. So when, when you have an all black cast, you don't have as much like, well, what's going to happen? What, who, you know, who's going to get hung or who's going to get slain. So it's, it, it kind of took the pressure off from just like blatant racism being involved in the horror movie, which is like, if you think about a lot of black horror, it is rooted in racism and, um, and racism's relations, like black people's relationship to whiteness. Like, even if you think about like some of our favorite black horror films, like get out us, you know, like think about things that we've watched his house, even like all of those horror films were rooted in, the the real monster is racism so when you remove that i think that's pretty revolutionary yeah and that's what uh robin coleman writes about that there was an original movie called ingagi mm-hmm. and ingagi uh was a highly racist film about um this these group of men they go to the congo and they discover these like congolese women having sex with ingagis and like producing children and right. it associates like black sexuality with like anal like bestiality bestiality, Mm -hmm. essentially and so this film son of ingagi takes that and sort of removes because ingagi is just a monster it becomes a monster film and because there's no white people and there's no you know this this racial uh, undertones um, then it just becomes like a film about a couple trying to survive a monster right which i like what else has felt like that like blackula maybe like yeah. or even um, Ganja and Hess wasn't very like there might have been one or two scenes where there was an interaction between a white person and a black person, but it mostly was not about that. It was yeah. about like we can just tell a horror thriller story. It's so funny because um, there's this we'll, we'll post it in the Patreon. There's this like TikTok video um, where it, it was like a legit good funny joke made by this white person about black people that wasn't racist. That wasn't like yeah. it was funny. And then there's this like black girl responding being like this was funny but let's talk about slavery and all these uh, black people are like oh, oh like yes and it's why, so why do we have to you know yes like it let, just let the joke live like it was a good joke it wasn't racially motivated um and so i i think the film was revolutionary because it was a black horror thriller done with racism being completely absent what what was revolutionary about it for you uh I well having an all black cast I think mm-hmm. this was one of the first films to do that uh and uh, besides the first film w- which is if you've watched the uh, the trailer for Nope 
uh, oh, very yes. excited, but they start with the first film ever, which I've shown my students, and it, it is a black jockey riding a horse. Right. And so the first film ever created, it stars a black person, and it's it, and is an all black cast. So I think that was revolutionary. But and I keep on thinking, like, how does having an all black cast disrupt racism? Right. And I was thinking a couple of things. It it prevents you from really having to talk about it explicitly, which we see in Eve's Bayou. It's an all yeah. black cast. Right. And and there's no reference a little bit here and there to like just in language, right? When they call her red, right? So there's this Yeah. There might be some like splashes of colorism, you yeah. know. Right, which is a, a form of racism. Yes, and, yes. But yes. I wasn't but um, that it wasn't. But I, I thought I keep on thinking what other ways does having an all black cast disrupt racism? I was like, oh, lots of ways. Yeah. I I'm not even gonna lie to you. When I saw the doctor, I thought she was white. Please go go back and look at the uh, film on YouTube. I I assumed that the doctor was white and that her brother was white, but um, I was also taking a very luxurious bubble bath with some of the Epsom salt <laughs> that you yeah purchased. I let that go, and I've I've actually really been enjoying the Epsom salt bath. For, for those who don't know, I bought like an eight gallon tub of Epsom salt because I was tired of buying those little plastic bags and wasting so much plastic and mm-hmm. they were more expensive so i was doing it for economical reasons and i hated the idea of keep keep on having to like walk back and forth with these tiny bags mm-hmm. even though we live right across the street from a grocery store i still didn't want to do that so i i took the initiative you did and bought a bigger thing so you've been crushing it i give, i talk a lot of shit but you really have stepped your pussy up in i know these last few weeks thank you yeah my pussy is all the way up all it's the like way up. on. It's like the top of my head. <laughs> my pussy's on the top of my head. See, Just fuck this me is in why, the head. This is why I can't give you a compliment because here you go. I run with it. <laughs> I run that pussy upwards. Okay, okay. I got a pussy okay. mouth. It's so high in my mouth. This is so. Okay. You. It is. Gucci's on the bed, like falling asleep. Right? He's fighting sleep because we're incredibly boring. <laughs> We're not incredibly. Don't say, I'm just kidding. Don't say that. He's like, oh, you two talking about racism again. God damn it. Uh, the other thing is we have Spencer Williams in the show. He was the half of the Amos and Andy show, mm-hmm. which was a problematic um, sort of slapstick uh, comedy that was very popular among the whites and eventually the NCAAP and then also the, I think it was the ACLU. NAACP. NAACP, sorry. And the ACLU and the ACLU both sort of um, sued CPS to take it off. But mm. Spencer Williams does have some, some of that slapstick comedy in this film and because it's slapstick, for example, he keeps on trying to make a sandwich and the Ngagi, the monster, keeps on taking it away. And it's funny. It is funny. And it's it's, it's a little um, awkward because that was an opportunity to put some funny music underneath yeah. and it was absent. So I just think about like, you know, it's like it, if, if you made a TikTok with no music under, it's like it's still funny, but it doesn't in the way that a little bit of music does. So this film really was not expected to do well for two reasons. It was low, bu- uh, what Robin Coleman calls, uh, it was a double B, low budget and black. <laughs> <laughs> the two strikes against it, which I thought was I'm really- I'm going to start using that. Like, low budget I and black. Go with supporter black yeah, business and I'm like, God 
damn it. That's Coleman. Y'all so. were set up to fail because of that double B. That double B. No budget. Uh, no budget in black. But but it did it did surprisingly well, you know. And yeah. um, but it, the low budget is because of the music. Even though they did have like the four tones, they did have a real um, sort of band do like the opening scene which yeah. i would have been so pissed if like you go to your honeymoon and then all your friends show up oh it, gosh yes like that's the opening scene yeah. and i thought that was it was worked very well but also like um it just felt like something that you know black people would do right like everybody shows up in the yeah. house after the thing yes yeah, yeah. i mean we re- we recently went to um a, a, a dear friend of mine like recently had a loss in her family and then I was like, well, Ben, we're all going to go over to the house. And Ben's <laughs> like, they probably, like, I, I don't I don't think you were pushing back, but you were like, what? And I was like, just go. Yeah. I was like, go pick up, like, 30 biscuits from Popeye's. And you were just like, what? And I was like, that's what you do. You, like, when, like Jewish people would call it sitting shiva, right? Yeah. But black people were just like, let's just all go over to this person's house, pretend like the person who was major in their life didn't die, and just eat a shit ton of Popeye's biscuits, like, and just talk about everything but the actual death. Well, that that's not entirely entirely true. It, there was some talk of the death, but not not like a. It, it was it more. Was comedy it was and... more comedy, or or yeah. Um, but yeah, it just it seemed. I don't know. It's like uh, this is definitely like a white moral of a white thing where white people are like, ah, I want my privacy. Like you know, <laughs> stay away. Yeah. And everyone's like when. When deaths happen, marriage, you know, it's just yeah. Know, everybody goes party. over to the house. You have the repass. Yeah, you just you're like, I do not want to be alone with my thoughts because that's gonna be bad. So that's the if, only. Um, that's really the only thing I like being alone with. Yeah, you're thoughts. gonna be fucked. I mean, like when we have this baby, it's gonna be people all up and through this house. Yes. Well, I am more prepared now for that. <laughs> so, but in the film, it does show that that experience. Yeah. And. This film was so popular because up until this point, um, black people were really only being shown as slaves, servants, you know, and they were never shown as lawyers. They were never shown as just having fun, kicking it, um, and like having a wedding and like yeah. talking about a honeymoon and like having all your friends prank you. Yeah. Like that, that was just un- unfucking heard of, unheard of to see that in a film. And this movie touched a lot of people's hearts, which, again, I'm sorry that it's a white director, but it, it was very difficult. It was a black experience, the film. Was, yeah. I, I will say that. Yeah. Uh, it, it, so. it felt very much so like this white director sort of was like, I'm going to film this, but this story arc is going to be very black. Yeah. Like, it felt that way. And I... You know, I don't know. The older I get, the more I'm kind of like, I'm sure Amos and Andy was like highly offensive. But I I remember talking to my dad and him being like, that was one of my favorite shows. And sometimes it's like, uh, this, this show served a purpose at the time because at that time you weren't seeing any black or like what would probably be called colored people on TV at that time. So when you boycott and then take the one black show off the air, it's like... I know that it wasn't. <laughs> I know that it wasn't PC, but can you bring those two clowns but, back and can we just have a discussion it, about yeah. what's? Um, but it's what's what we had. 
but but it's but what it's what we, we had, had. Yeah, that yes type of thing. It, it can feel very much so like that or i remember even just like with the whole aunt jemima thing like my parents are like well, it was nice having just one black face in the house, like on on a product, yeah. even though it was like definitely not a black owned company or anything. Um, I think, yeah, and even a more um, relevant example is the L word. The L word fucked up in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. and like <laughs> lots of transphobic. Well, not lots, but like transphobic shit. Yeah, and uh, but that is what that was like. What people what lesbians had to watch right? right that was the that is our representation so you hold on to that you grasp it where today i think we've become a lot less patient for yeah. for bullshit especially when it comes to representation like you, right. you can't just put a black character in a book or in a film um for you know the the purpose of being diverse you have to actually you know think about writing the other uh, to borrow a phrase of a curriculum that's literally used to teach mm-hmm. uh, writers how to write uh, in a way that's respectful of identities in which they're not a part of. Nisi Shaw is one of the the people who who has has that curriculum. It's called writing the other. So, And yeah. I really think there's something very powerful when you can just have the original and show the inverted version next to it. I was reading um, Michaela Cole's book last night, Misfits, which I highly, highly, highly recommend. It's a very short personal manifesto. And she talked about in one of her early scripts having this Malaysian character and uh, they called her and said, like, this script is great, but this Malaysian character just feels very two-dimensional. Like, mm. you got to make some edits here. And she was, she admitted to saying, like, well, I'll just take her out the story. Like, if if, if it's if you don't like it, like, I, I did yeah. my best to represent and you didn't like it. So that, that was me trying. Let me just take her out the story. Or and you then could she, go talk to someone from Malaysia. Right, yeah. Or, and then later she was like, I sat with myself. And this person might have been who became, like, the second part of the duo in chewing gum or something like that. But um, she said she just remembers feeling like just like completely reacting to like, how dare y'all? I, I like, when's the, when have you even seen a Malaysian person in film and TV? And now not you're good criticizing enough anymore. Not That's good not. Enough. Yes. So she talked about like, like one, she admitted she did that in her own personal manifesto. And two, she admitted like, I was wrong. Like if people call you out on needing to develop characters, like keep the original character that you had, make those invert, like invert or change that character, upgrade it. And then introduce that new character until it gets better and better and better. And I know as an artist with me, I do that to you all the time. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> like you, you didn't like the way I did this. And you're like, well, Amber, you, this is your first draft of it. You didn't map it out. You just like made it and thought I was going to tell you it was the Mona Lisa. And it wasn't like, just go make it better. It doesn't mean you should take this out of the story. Um, and so I'm not, I'm not saying like Amos and Andy should definitely be on TV. I'm saying keep Amos and Andy and then somebody maybe make a new show inspired by Amos and Andy and show like, this is what we actually needed. Like I would love, a, and there had been that, right? Like if it wasn't for Amos and Andy, there wouldn't have been a key and peel. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you, you kind of have to like know your history in that way. And I'm sure I, I don't have it in front of me, but I'm sure if we talked to Mike Keegan, Michael Key and um, Jordan Peele, they would be like, Oh yeah, these were the first black guys who were like the Three Stooges, and we wanted like a two man black guy comedy dynamic like that. So I, I think it's 
important to, you know, have that lineage, talk about what was wrong with it and invert it. And speaking of uh, Malaysian uh, writers or actors, uh, recently there was a Malaysian-born uh, author, Zen Cho, who won a, a Hugo Award. So just shout out to like people who are actually writing their own stories. Uh, and the and also sensitivity readers as well. Like if you mm-hmm. had a, a Malaysian character in your story instead of giving up and realizing like actually let me pay someone to read my story and tell me how I can make this better, right? And right. those are sensitivity readers, so. Yeah, and we these have, perspectives matter. Like They do. Last night, we damn near cried. We were just watching some Pixar shorts, and there's this one called Loop that um, shows uh, a character who has a disability, and, and she's mute, and it's like, I'm sure someone in the universe has a, a mute child and that child doesn't communicate exactly like this or so, I'm sure there was some critique, but yeah. that wasn't enough of a reason to like just completely pull yeah. this character out. Like I, we wouldn't say mute. We'd say non, nonverbal, nonverbal. Yeah. Nonverbal. Yes. Right. Um, right. I think mute implies that you don't have an ability to communicate or make noise. Or yes. Like she, she's making, she's communicating and speaking but not using the words, words. that we... Thank you would, for... Yeah, so nonverbal, yeah. Correcting my language there. Yes, this... Um, if you've seen Loop, it's like the Spark Shorts. It's it's really good. This character is nonverbal, and there's this other character who is verbal and just being super patient. And I'm sure, if I Googled right now, like, problems with loops, there there's... People, people there's will. threads on threads on threads. Well, yeah, and which is fine. And I think what creators have to recognize is that they're going to make mistakes and not to let those mistakes... Um, Prevent, like prevent them from backing down of like right. keep, keep creating like recognizing like oh i see it like that um that creator who made that video about uh you know actually yeah the tiktok okay. video about uh, actually the reason that black people can't stand still while hearing a joke oh, going back to the one we talked about earlier. yeah yeah mm-hmm. is it we'll put the link for the video but uh, the question was name a thing that white people can do that black people can't and this white guy made a funny joke saying like, you know, white people can hear a joke and and stay still. Yeah. Right. And so everyone's laughing. It's funny. But then this um, like black woman. Same physical yeah, space. Yeah. yeah. This black woman comes on and says like, oh, that's a funny joke. But there's a reason for that. So it harkens back to it's slavery. Like, uh... Yeah. And so, and so people are like making fun of her and being like calling yeah. her a vibe killer. And, it, and I think she went back and deleted that video. Which she shouldn't have done. She shouldn't yeah. have done. And she should have put her toes down and, and you know, actually talked about it, kept it on there. <laughs> and, it to, I could tell you're, you're uh, like, because I always say, I was like, stand 10 toes down and you're bullshit. Ten, <laughs> yes. Ten, you know, own up to it and recognize, sure, like maybe TikTok is not the greatest place to like deconstruct. You but know, some historical people wanted to re- hear the argument. Yeah. Like, that's fine. Yeah. We, But we, especially now, well, it's funny because, you know, we still saw that video, even though she erased it. So sometimes people think like, okay, let me just do damage control and let me just stop all these notifications from coming in by just deleting it. Where it's like, I've never seen any TikTok video where I'm like, you should take this down immediately. I've seen some where I'm like, whoa, this is next level. You should respond to it or you should, uh, 
consider <laughs> consider what people have to say in the comments but like when you take it down you're pretending like it never existed yeah. and it, it still exists like people have screenshots of it now you should stand by everything you say <laughs> i didn't say that i think you should and here you know let me, i'm somebody who loves to double down on my bullshit yeah I, <laughs> what i mean by stand by is recognize i said this i said what i, I said nene leaks no not that that's different I think you should stand by what you said, but maybe not stand on the same space of what you said it. Okay. So what I mean is like you say something and you no longer believe that. Stand by it in the sense like, oh, I said that thing. I no longer believe that. Right. Here is why. I agree. Right. And I think there's a difference between standing in the space in which you said the thing compared to standing by what you said or standing adjacent to what you said. Or there's this world of like Nicole Byer talks all the time about like... I made some offensive jokes back in the day and I don't even bring it up. Like other people bring it up and I just don't have it in my set now or I'll just like rework how I do the joke. But I don't have to make this like huge statement about it um, because some people didn't even know I made it or yeah. did like, you know, you got pulled aside by one or two people. And and I think I'm having a problem with at times I'm teaching older film to some of my students and they see things that are problematic and thank God I'm I'm doing a decent job previewing, saying, like, you're going to see something problematic. Right. You still should watch this. For example, we watched about 15 minutes of Birth of a Nation, which is a terrible, one of the first mm-hmm. American films. It's terribly racist, but I, I prepped them. We read an article before. You sort of gave them the trigger uh, yeah, warnings. Yeah, I, gave, yeah. I read an article before. I explained to them why this is important. And ultimately, I wasn't going to show them to his to uh, this film but we interviewed Pete Jelly Clark and he's like oh I make uh, who's an amazing he's a film um, and also a film teacher film professor but also a um, an incredible uh, author and he said I make all my students watch all two and a half hours of the birth of a nation yeah and I was like you know what like maybe not for your eighth grade yeah not for my eighth graders <laughs> but we watched about 15 minutes of right. it and we discussed why this film is important to you know film and film history yeah. but also the problems the with problems. it and and how we have to we can't erase these some of the some of these things we can't uh censure them like yes some of it in gagi has problems with it sure right. like you know it's sexist like the woman stays home she doesn't work um uh, Dr. Jackson makes a fat phobic comment in the beginning. Like, I don't trust uh, detectives, especially when they're fat. You know, like... They're, yeah. They're, or there's they're... this whole scene about, like... I mean, the, the premise of, like, on my mission trip to Africa, yeah. I brought home I, this creature. Right. Being, like, you know... There are things wrong with yeah. it. But if you want to understand black horror, if you want to understand black film... Um, if you want to understand that, you should watch this Period. movie. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, you yeah. shouldn't... Um, you know delete it from you shouldn't delete it right and i think that's what we're talking about i would hate if this movie was erased from history right yeah and that's sort of the thing i think we're getting to is that yes amos and andy super problematic but if you're going to study comedy you're going to study slapstick comedy you're going to study black comedians you don't steer away from watching yeah they're like this is just some big minstrel show it's like but here are the ways this show was actually revolutionary yes. and any black comedians today stand on the shoulders of Amos and Andy. Like yeah. that just is the reality. Like you can yeah. be mad, but especially like big physical comedian, black mm-hmm. performers like this is 
Like, I could totally see Martin Lawrence seeing Amos Andy as a kid and be like, I want to be a comedian one day. I can be a comedian one day. And here's how, you know. Yeah. I mean, actually, I want to go and, and check what comedians actually were inspired by Hell Spencer yeah. Williams and uh, who explicitly said that as well. But I watch this film. It's incredible. Period. It's, it's only an hour long. So you can. And it's very I mean, like near the end, the pacing is like, OK, but it. I didn't find myself being like, damn, this sucks. Yeah. It, it's it's a B movie. So like do a fun, you know, you can create a drinking game out of it. Like, I don't know. What what drinking game could you? <laughs> or you could just watch the film. Or you could just watch it. <laughs> I, I love watching B movie films. Right. You know? right. Um, anyway. It's a good time. Well, Ben, with that being said, why don't you warp up the show? Right. Uh, in conclusion, Son of, Ina- in Son of Ngagi is an important film in black black horror you should definitely watch it it's free on youtube uh do not watch it on amazon prime because the quality is the same and you save two bucks also uh, you're speaking from personal experience yes i might be also read hard noir by roman robin coleman she does an excellent job exploring the importance of son of ngagi and the context in which it was created all right y'all peace love thanks ben Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Sci-Fi Side Podcast. Up next, I know this movie came out a long time ago, but we're going to do it anyway because one half of the director team is black um, and Kemp Powers, who we're going to watch a movie later this year in August. He is a part of that directorial team. So we're going to be watching Soul again on Disney+. Plus. I say again because we've seen it already and probably lots of people have, but we're but it's a black story and we're going to do it, goddammit. So watch Soul on Disney+, Plus if you have not seen it. And we will see y'all next week for the show. Bye, y'all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.